ever dreamed that one day, no matter how long it may take us, as long as we have faith in our cause and uh, an unconquerable willpower, knowing that here on earth, God's work must truly be our own. This is a time of challenge to our interest and our values. And it's a time to test our wisdom and our skills. This will not be a campaign of half measures. And we will accept no outcome but victory. Because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. Read my lips. We will respond forcefully. Hey guys, thanks for listening hey, in today. Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. I think you mean everyone. Oh, so sorry. I need to be more inclusive. Thank you. Hello everyone, and thanks for listening to the podcast today. I'm Kevin. And I'm Brian. And we hope you enjoy. This episode's intro is brought to you completely by Little Dicky. That's so good. That was <laughs> such a good choice. I do love music. I I like this new thing. I do too. We uh, did it. We did it as a way just to kind of like praise a new listener. Yeah, and, and now and it's a thing. Now it's a thing. And not only that, you just you hit the nail on the head with that choice. Like, hey, it's a fun song. It's great. Yeah. Little Dicky's awesome. Great show. But I mean, when we're going to be talking about student loan forgiveness and whether Biden will actually get his shit together like this is a great song for it yeah that song changed my life <laughs> <laughs> how did how did a little dicky song change your life kevin uh, i don't know well I, so i like when I, I actually when i when that song came out i um i found it on youtube and like it was uh it, there was like a background story on it afterwards where basically like they literally paid nothing to film the entire video and there's lamborghinis oh in it. yeah um he actually like kind of like snuck into a T Pain video shoot and like asked T Pain if they could use the the um like the shoot as an opportunity to like get some footage. Um and he's like, Yeah man, for sure, like go right ahead. Um but I just thought it was really, really cool that like somebody in the rap world was like, I'm not going to spend a bunch of money, I would like to save all of my money. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my wife will contend or contest that yes, I, I am of a very similar mindset when it comes to yeah. Brian's a frugal motherfucker. I'm I am I am economically efficient. I am too, but it took me a lot longer in life to realize that that's the right way to be. I realized I needed to be more economically efficient when it was like my first. It was my second year teaching, mm-hmm. 
and I was essentially living on my own. Now, I, if ever I was in dire need, I, I had parents, and right. I've been in dire need, and my parents came to the rescue, yeah. but yeah. Um, only because I was a much more frugal-minded person. Um, but when I was a teacher, paying my own rent, and I didn't want to, I didn't, I actually paid off my credit card, which was only like 1200 bucks. Uh, and said, I'm not using this anymore, and I will only spend the money I have. And even then, there were times where I was going into the red. I went into mm-hmm. the red like all the time. And then you have the $34 insufficient funds fee and stuff like that, and you're like, geez, which, shoot, we could do a whole podcast on that. <laughs> but I, I realized like I needed to be far more um, thoughtful in, in how I spend money. And not only how I spend money, but also – you know, why I spend money in, in, in kind of changing the mindset of like the purpose behind every dollar and like how I had to earn that dollar mm-hmm. and what I used that dollar for right. were, you know, they, they, they were essentially, you know, what was I doing to earn that money and giving up to make that money? And then what was I going to then in turn use that money for? You know, when you start to really have that perspective, I think you just have a much better idea of you know creating good spending habits yeah i have three things that i like to spend or three there's there's only three reasons i spend money one is to provide for my family the mm-hmm. two is i like to make people happy mm-hmm. and three is i like to spend money on this podcast well and, and you know when you say spend money on the podcast that's that's it's investing. An, inve- it's an investment in the future man yeah and it's investing in yourself and in the future yeah and a lot of Americans have done the same thing, and myself included. Mm-hmm. And I know, I believe you said your wife has, uh, you know, had student loan debt. Oh, And yes. that is something people have invested in themselves mm-hmm. a great deal, you know. And some people sit. That was a great segue. Two, thanks. $200,000 in, in student loan debt right. and whatever. There's, there's an element of these student loans, though, that is very predatory in nature. Oh, it's a, and it's the biggest element. Yeah. <laughs> the idea, number one, is you can never go bankrupt. Right. right. You can't bankrupt your way out of it. You can't right. say, ah, I, I just can't make these. You know, these loans never go away. Until, until you die. Pay, until they are paid off. Like, you yeah. have to figure out a way. The other element is, and I didn't realize this, is like, people, it's it's almost like a home, but way worse in the sense that, like, when you're paying off a home, Right. The first I want to say the first 10 years, mm-hmm. you're paying almost no interest or I'm sorry, no principal. You are paying almost all interest. Mm-hmm. Um, the student loans are very similar. I know people that have been ta- uh, been paying for over 10 years and have the exact same amount of debt, if not more. Yep. Which is the most disgusting thing. Yeah. I have ever heard of. And that's why we say it's predatory. You are going after people that are. Sometimes not they aren't knowledgeable of the system, right? Right, because maybe their parents didn't go to college, their parents didn't take out loans for college because their parents probably only had to work for a summer to pay that year's tuition, right? Right, like that's how it used to be, and um, you know, college expenses have grown at such a skyrocketing scale, this incredible trajectory that you know matches almost nothing else. Um, when we look at that. It, it it's it just adds to the predatory nature. These people don't know, and then they get behind, and then you you know lose a job, you defer, and it, it gets it gets very 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 difficult. Good loophole to know. 
What's that? And that's this is what I was hinting at earlier. So your student debt is the only debt that'll die with you. So just die. No. Oh, fake your death. Yes. <laughs> that was really good. That's funny. Thanks. <laughs> How did you avoid paying your student loan? Oh, I had a second life. I faked my death. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, if you're in school taking classes, I think it's at least half time. Um, you can defer on your loans. If you just take two classes every semester, you can even fail those classes. Just keep taking them until you're like 90. <laughs> Take them until you die. Okay. Yeah. That's actually true. Yeah, they defer until you're done. Yeah. Um, What is it called? It starts with a D when you're in trouble, though. Um, uh, hmm. Shoot. When you fall back on a loan, it's not debunked. That's a conspiracy theory. Default. Default on your loans. Yeah, yeah, when you're defaulting on your loans, that's trouble. And I actually did that. Mm. I was defaulting on my loans because I didn't know. <clears throat> I didn't know one of. So I took out. I think it was a Pell Grant, mm-hmm. and that's when you have to pay back. I right. thought it was yeah, one of the yeah. ones that was awarded to me because I had gotten some scholarship money mm-hmm. and some grant money. I thought that was just another one of the grants you didn't have to pay back. Yeah. So I was in default of one of my Pell Grant loans for probably three years. No Jeez. idea. Knew nothing of it. Uh, yeah. My own fault. But well, like I didn't still, know still. those things, and that was an issue. Now, That's why they need to have... You should have to take a class on loans and how they work before you can take out a student loan. But the, the, the loan companies would never let that happen because they want to make money off you for the rest well, of your life. Well, and ideally, you know, there's a consumer economics course in high school that, mm-hmm. you know how to write a check, how to buy a car, yeah, some of those things. But they don't go as much into, like, the idea of credit. And, like, it's a one-term class usually, yeah. not even a full year. Right. It's a, it's a mandatory class for graduation. So a lot of people are taking it just to, like, fuck, I have to take this class. Yeah. But the reality of the situation is, as it stands, that class is so pertinent to the rest of your life. Right. And then if it was expanded to be a full fledged class about how to do your own taxes properly how to write off deductions how to keep track of receipts how to like they teach you how to make a budget but it's so rudimentary right Right. they don't yeah yeah yeah. you know you're not going through your internet and all that like all of those things um so i think you know we need to expand on that in education but here nor there regardless of whether or not people get fully educated on it the business model itself was so predatory, and I think it is really, really important for the Biden administration to address it. Now, with that said, uh, Chuck Schumer and Elizabeth Warren proposed the idea of erasing $50,000 of student loans for anyone. Yeah. Now, the challenge for Biden was it was going to be through executive order, essentially. Right. And the the trouble with that is, you know, he, I, as far as I know, he never officially proposed this. I think he acknowledged it, and I think he's been very adamant, like he wants to get rid of at least ten thousand. Right. Which ten thousand dollars is still a significant amount yeah. of of yeah. money to you know take off of a person's you know debt schedule. However, fifty thousand dollars can be life changing in the sense that it can change everything everything and you're talking about fifty thousand dollars in student loans that is going to 
be paid off probably over 30 years, you know, and that person's probably going to pay $100,000 towards that $50,000, if not more. Yeah. You're talking about saving the middle and lower classes right now. Right. In the midst of a global pandemic, this is so simple to me that it's so clear that you are saving the middle and lower class. Yeah. Now, that's not to say there aren't people making a shit ton of money who have a lot of student loan debt, and that's great. Give it to them, too. Yeah, everyone. All of that money is going right back into the system. Yes. Right? Yeah. You're talking about $300, $500 a month, um, and you don't have to share yours, but like people range from hundreds to almost thousands of dollars a month. Certainly. Um, paying off student loans. And if you give that back to them, all of a sudden, they're not going to be like, oh, cool. Like, I'm just going to tuck this away. No. No, they they're going to go they, get and they, a new car. They're right. going to, you know, I don't know, buy a home and start developing wealth for themselves. That's a huge, huge movement. Yeah. I mean, that's a huge vertical movement, too. You know what I mean? Um, it, it could, it's the $50,000, especially. Um, utter and total game changer. You know what I mean? You know, when you're, when you're going to buy a new home, they're going to do a a debt to income ratio. You know what I mean? Um, and if you are a person who's gotten a, you know, a a master's degree or a doctorate or something like that, where you spent a ton of money on schooling, like it's going to change your whole world. It's going to allow you to, to, to buy that house. It's going to be able to show you, you know, you're going to be showing that you make a higher income versus what you actually have to pay. Yeah, your your long your student loans are held against your long term debt. For those of you that are either real estate agents or mortgage lenders, you know this. For those of you that don't or, or haven't gone through the home buying process, your long term debt is actually something that's held against you in terms of your buying power. So Correct. how much you can actually put towards a house every month? Well, they subtract the short term debt like credit card debt and you know car car payment but, car payment, but you know, your long-term debt, your student loans, you know, if you own another property or whatever the case is, that long-term debt is held against you. Um, and as it should, you don't want to, you know, if you can't pay off your loans, you can't pay off a home mortgage. So it makes sense. But if you eliminate that, all of a sudden there's more buying power for the middle and lower classes of America. And that is how you start to see the leveling up of those people, right? How do you build wealth the fastest in America? is through real estate by owning your own property. It can be very expensive and there's other ways I know like, oh, I've seen TikToks of people being like, oh, I sold my house and I'm putting it all in the stock market. The most consistent and tried and true path to building your own wealth, you know, growing your assets versus your liabilities is through real estate by owning your own home and owning multiple properties and all that. So that's just kind of a, a little diatribe for you to about investing but you know the the democratic party was kind of under this idea you know they have this tent it's a wide tent right now Mm -hmm. with your centrists on one side and your progressives on another and biden was supposed to rally them all together yeah and he's done some very good things but he hasn't done anything truly significantly progressive in terms of economics, right? He's done some things in terms of protections of, you know, classes of people like the LGBTQ community, et cetera, transgender rights, et cetera. But in terms of economics, he hasn't really done anything progressive in my mind yet. We haven't seen the stimulus package is progressive. It's getting there. It's not done yet. 
this loan forgiveness was kind of talked about and acknowledged, not so much directly from him, but Schumer and Warren, and Schumer isn't exactly the most progressive senator. Warren is a very progressive senator. But they've realized that if we do this during the pandemic, that's going to provide a lot of relief to people. We need to do this. And it was right. rumored that Biden was going to go along with the 50000 And all of a sudden, on a CNN town hall the other night, yeah. he started pulling it back and saying, I, I don't think I can do that. Legally, I, I don't think I can do that. I could certainly get away with 10000 in an executive order. Right. But from a legal challenge standpoint, I don't think I could do 50,000, you know, state by state and reconciliation and blah, blah, blah. I, yeah. So we started pulling back. And for me, I'm always going to try and keep it a hundred percent real. I'm going to hold Republicans and Democrats in check. I don't think that's a good move. I think he needs to make this happen, figure it the fuck out and make it happen because the middle and lower class need this to happen and and there's all people in in you know the wealthier classes that have student loans still. This benefits so many people. And his pullback was also like, you know, this would benefit you know people with Ivy League educations and stuff like that. Who gives a shit? Yeah, you know who gives a shit? Help everyone right now yeah. at all costs. And and people go well, Brian. You know, I, I know you used to critique me a little bit. Like, where is all this money coming from? This is monetary theory. Like a more modern version of it is like. You pay and figure it out in terms of debt relief later, in terms of the American debt, right? We've seen inflation happen without the wage going up. We've seen inflation, you know, go up and skyrocket and, you know, the consumer goods are, are going up. But, like, people's, you know, home incomes have not skyrocketed with the value of production, with <clears throat> with the, the rate of rise in consumer product goods. So when we look at that, like at some point we have to stop saying, oh, well, inflation, inflation. Inflation is going to happen naturally. You need to start injecting capital back into the system, right? And then, and then tax collect accordingly to kind of manipulate that inflation. Yeah, because, I mean, really what's happening is we've just become stagnant. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, and it's, it's – nothing's impossible, but it's becoming – very hard uh, to improve upon your uh, your living circumstances, whereas like somebody like me who comes from a you know uh, you know I was lucky enough to be part of a two parent household you know what I mean but my dad grew up in a trailer park mm-hmm. you know what I mean mm-hmm. so it was five kids and one trailer with three bedrooms um, yeah and one bathroom wow um, but um, you know and I look to where he's come now yeah. you know what I mean he put in his time he worked really fucking hard. Um, you know, eventually became part of the Teamsters Union. Yeah, doing trade shows, um, and driving trucks, and you know, now they're in you know the middle ca- the middle class now. You know what I mean? So that's a whole, whole class jump. You know, in, yeah, in a, in a generation. Um, and you don't see that as much anymore now. You almost never see it. Right, right. People stay at the class that they're at, or they go down. And and here, so here is the exact quote he said. Um, essentially he was saying like forgiving $50,000 in, in student loan debt is disproportionately helping the elite. And he said, it depends on whether or not you go to a private university or a public university. It depends on the idea that I say to a community, I'm going to forgive the debt, the billions of dollars of debt for people who have gone to Harvard and Yale and Penn. There are a lot of people that have gone to Harvard, Yale and Penn that didn't come from, you know, trust funds, right? There are a lot of people that have, in fact, the the um, 
student loan forgiveness program is it's kind of been laid out. Um, only 3% of Harvard students take out a federal, stu- federal student loan. And among those students, the median amount owed at graduation is between 9000 and 25000 So at that point, you're not talking about the people that need 50000 These are not people that go to those Ivy League schools generally. And if they are, they probably don't come from a very, very wealthy household. So the idea here is we need to be very progressive. We need to make these moves because it's not benefiting the elite. They might be making good money now because they took out $100,000 in student loans to become a doctor. exactly. exactly. And they're making decent money now. But they might have already gone through, you know, they they go through med school, interning, residency, and all that. You know, they're 10 years in. And now they're just starting to see money. Like, right, exactly. At that point, how much longer will it take for them to to you know pay down that that debt? You know, so I I I, I think it's such a, a flawed mentality to say, well, I don't want to help the elite. A, in general, you're not going to hear me say this often, but I don't yeah. think it I don't think it matters when it comes to student loan forgiveness. I think in general, those were very predatory in nature, and they needed to be fixed. And when we talk about bailouts in America, we talked about $28 billion in in farm bailouts. We talked about how many billions, almost trillions of dollars in bailouts for for Wall Street in 2008 and for Freddie Mac and and Fannie Mae. Um, Unfortunately, it wasn't Fannie. All for chocolates. It wasn't, I was just going to say, unfortunately, it was M-A-Y and not M-A-E. Yeah. So it was was more housing, not chocolate. Um, But, but. You know, we look at these bailouts time and time again, and when do the bailouts come for, for ordinary everyday people, people, right? And we're talking about these yep. stimulus, and and you know, I'm supportive of of Biden going for the fourteen hundred and all that, right? He said we need to get him two thousand, and then the six hundred thing came out, so he's trying to round that out and get to the full two thousand that he originally said. I went back and checked on the, the timeline. Nice. So yeah, they're saying checks like. <laughs> Mid middle end middle to end of March. Yeah. Is what so saying. I I personally thought I was way off. Like I was gonna I was gonna be very conservative in my estimate, say the beginning mm. of March, and now like the conservative estimate is mid March, and I'm like, how is that possible? Here nor there. These are the things that need to happen now. And when you have Schumer and Warren laying it out for you, it's not hard. Schumer is generally a little more centrist, whereas Warren is very progressive. That's a unification within the Democratic Party that you really, really need to tackle. You need to bring those. You have this large tent, right? And we see these large tents on the two sides. We have right. the large Democrat tent where you have the centrists and, and these um, progressives. And then on the Republican tent, you have the Trumpers and, and the conservatives, right. Right? right? So under the Republican tent, we're seeing a major fracture, right? And under the Democratic tent, you have some good movement. And we talked about it in the earlier podcast tonight, which you, you would have listened to yesterday if you're listening to me today. <clears throat> when, you're, when you're going back and you're talking about that, we talked the Democratic Party, AOC, going down to Houston. That's huge. That's great moves for, for the Democratic Party party uh Beto O'Rourke who's generally a little kind of kind of centrist kind of progressive you know making moves he he didn't win his you know senatorial seat but still making moves that's a really good thing for the Democratic Party and then you have this another chance to really help unify America this is helping the middle class regardless of who you voted for right and that's what Biden said I'm going to be the president for all Americans not just the ones that voted for me fucking show it right now that's how you do it. You eliminate student loan debt for the middle, low class elite. It doesn't matter. 
Give lo- student loan forgiveness up to $50,000 for anyone. Yeah. Just make that move. Yeah, he needs. it's almost like he needs to be a little bit more Trumpish. Just do whatever you want to do and then worry about the repercussions later. Well, and here's the thing. I like that. I do like that mentality. Well, I mean, kind of. No, yes. well, for this for instance. For this instance, absolutely. Yeah. But what I will say is this. He was kind of suggesting the legality behind it. 17 states' attorneys have already come out saying they support it. He needs to cancel $50,000 in debt. So if you're worried about the legal ramifications, and you already have 17 states. Now, generally, I think they're all blue-leaning. So you have, like, the Massachusetts's and and et cetera. Right. Uh, Pennsylvania, I think, came out uh, and said the same. When you look at that, Mm -hmm. you have 17 states' attorneys as of the 19th, so two days ago um, from when we're recording. You have that happening already coming to bat for you you have both progressive and centrist in your party now is not the time to start falling back now is the time to march forward right and then start to look for people on the republican side that are you know maybe like a susan collins or a murkowski you know uh that see a lot of student loan debt in their state and they're like oh well hey might as well go for it you know forget you know being a conservative you know deficit hawk like Get this done. Help support the people in my state. And I can say I did that. Mitt Romney, a true deficit hawk who, you know, love him or hate him. I've loved him at moments and hated him at moments. He's a true deficit hawk. He does keep that in mind. But if he can go back to his constituents and say, like, listen, those of you that went to BYU, that went to, you know, you were a Ute at the University of Utah, you all of a sudden have no more loan, uh, you know, loan debt, like, or student loan debt. That's a huge huge impactful thing for your constituents and they will support you going forward i I just think this is this is a absolute no-brainer yeah it's it's bizarre for me too um and that's one thing that this podcast has definitely done for me is make me made me realize like where i lie left and where i lie right you know what i mean you know what i mean and whereas like i came into this thinking i was some big libertarian bully that didn't you know didn't want more government spending and stuff like that. I think is what what it's made me really realize is that um, I'm okay with some spending. It's just managing oh. managing yeah. where that spending's going yeah. to. And this is just something like to me, like you said, it's a no brainer. You know what I mean? Like, don't you want to help all these kids? Like now they can actually like you know have a stand a chance. Not necessarily at following their dreams because perhaps they're following their dreams, but now they're going to be able to do it and actually make some money and not be stuck paying off a student loan for the rest of their lives. What was the key Democratic state flip in this presidential and senatorial election? Georgia. Absolutely. And you said to them... I fucking knew the answer. You did. <laughs> and, and how did that state flip? Stacey Abrams, right? Mm-hmm. She went out there, you know, rolled up her sleeves, got the work done, and she really, really, like, mobilized... The middle you and also, lower class, you, but, but you, also you, the minority voters. Right. Right? You also have Mitch McConnell to thank for that, though. <laughs> That's true. Um, but what I was going to say is this. Blacks in America, in general, owe $25,000 more in student loan debt than white college graduates. So if you're saying, Georgia, we, you mobilized, you flipped the Senate, you got Biden elected... 
how about you actually remember what was that stupid Charlemagne interview? And he's like, if you're you aren't black, if you vote for Trump or whatever, Biden said that stupid yeah, shit. Yeah, 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 right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And you say you're going to support the African American community in America. This is a huge possibility to do so to show the African American community in America has twenty five on average twenty five thousand um, dollars more student loan debt than those of white college graduates as well. So if we look at that, and, and Biden wants to do what's best for not only all Americans, but really target an effort to help black Americans, this is another way to do it. You're helping all Americans, but this is a really good way to reinforce that I'm helping all Americans, but I'm also really focusing on a, like a, a pain point of the black community in America. That's a great point. It's a really, really great point. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I and that's I really, I was really, I was really hopeful in the beginning. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, no, I was um, interrupting you. God, we're so good at interrupting each other. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was really, really hopeful right off the bat. You know what I mean? Because that was one of the big things that was talked about before he was elected. Um, and I was like, okay, you know what? This could be really, really good. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I thought especially it'd be positive for you because a lot of the things that he was talking about were far more progressive mm -hmm. than he actually is. Mm -hmm. Um, cause he is pretty straight down the board democratic or straight down the board Democrats. Sorry. Yeah. Um, you know, no frills, no he's bells and whistles. Center, no... Yeah. He's as centered on the political spectrum as you can get. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was like, you know, this could be really, really great. You know what I mean? We're going to start seeing some really cool changes happening, um, you know, in, in our lifetime, too. Um, and while we're still young and we can spend that money. <laughs> <laughs> but now, you know, after I watched the town hall, I, I, um, I'm not sure anything's going to come of it. I think so, it's going to be, I think this may be, unfortunately, it's going to come off pessimistic, but I think this is going to be one of the those just like political promises that never comes true. Well, and like so, and like I said, Biden, this was not part of his campaign. It definitely came up through the Democratic Party. So you know, in general, you're one of your roles as the president. You have what I used to call the hats of the president when I taught government. Right, you have the you know commander in chief. You have the chief of state, so you're the model citizen. One of them is you're the chief of the party, and you're going to dictate what the move of that party will be. And when you have the party unified, saying this is a really good thing, generally you want to accept it, acknowledge it, and push it through. Yeah. So like, if you're not like if if it was like you know Warren and Sanders wanted this, but like. You know, the Schumers and Pelosi's were like, hell no. I don't know. You know, Sanders has really, really grown on me. Yeah. Especially well, he's ultra progressive. I understand. But yeah. I'm just saying, because like I used to be like, I can't get on board with that dude. I think that he's a good guy. And I think yeah. that he's solid on his message and nothing has changed. Yeah. But I really, um, he still wouldn't be like my presidential candidate. I just don't think that we align on enough things. Yeah. Um, but he's been my guy over the last six months, yeah. man. I think he's been really doing a great job. Oh, I'm excited to hear that. He's fight. I mean, he's fighting for the people. Yeah. Like so, I don't. I don't really tease Bernie anymore. I used to tease Bernie no, with you, you all you, the time. Yeah, you you embrace him as your grandfatherly figure that you want to go get a beer with and listen to bedtime stories with. Yeah, dude. He would probably buy the beer. Yeah. It would be like Schlitz, though, for sure. <laughs> and then he would read me a bedtime story as I pass out. <laughs> <laughs> um. 
So uh, Congresswoman Ayanna Presley, so one of the quote-unquote squad, right? Mm-hmm. She came out and said, the student debt crisis is a racial and economic justice issue, and we must finally begin to address it as such. Broad-based student debt cancellation is precisely the kind of bold, high-impact policy that the broad and diverse coalition that elected Joe Biden and Kamala Harris expect them to deliver. Now, don't forget, Kamala Harris was one of the most progressive voting senators, you know, in the last few years. Right. uh, Before she had to resign and become the vice president. Uh, So with that in mind, you know, she definitely was supportive of some of these more progressive moves when she was a senator and as a presidential candidate. Right. With that in mind, you know, and this is what I go back to is like this big tent has accepted more voters than ever before. Right. The Biden tent had 80 million voters. No president has ever gotten that. Not even Abraham Lincoln, because there probably weren't 80 million people. But with that in mind, yeah, unfair like comparison. This, this big tent <laughs> is is, you know, if it starts pulling in different directions, mm-hmm. it can be somewhat damaging in these first two years of Democratic Party action is going to be so pivotal as you control the Senate, you control the House, and you control the executive branch in the, in the White House. As you have all of these things, it is so imperative that all of them come together and really push forward the agenda that they need to make America better. And this is what this is something that will make America better. They can't wait four years from now and say, yeah, we really should have done that. Yeah. Because if they don't, and then they lose those midterm elections, you lose a House or you lose a Senate, you will never pass this shit again. As right. it stands, you would be very... It would, you would have a very difficult time passing anything right now with the way the Republicans are, are trying to obstruct within, within the Senate. Um, you have clear control in the House. But that 50-50 tie with the filibuster is going to be very difficult to pass some more progressive ideas, even just centrist ideas. If it doesn't completely jive with them, they're going to try filibustering. They're gonna... Mitch McConnell is still a brilliant strategist, even though he's the minority leader and not the majority leader. Right. So we got to be very cognizant of that. And when you have the opportunity, you got to strike while the iron's hot. And right now, that iron is, is smoking hot. So you, you got to make the moves now. And I, I hesitate to say, man, if Biden backs off and just gets 10,000, how do you get that, ne- that next 40? When you said 2,000 and, and Trump immediately came out with the 600, you were still able to say, I'm going to get you 1,400 more and then push that stimulus package through. But if, you, if it's your move to give the 10,000, it's going to be very, very difficult to then get that next 40. Right. Right. You could blame Trump didn't give you enough. I'm going to get you the full 2K. But if you don't get the 50K, you just give 10, it's going to be harder to get those Republicans to jump on board or support anything or, or not challenge things. Yeah. I think this is... I appreciate the fact that he's thinking about the legality of it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I just think that it's the wrong timing. I think just now is the time for action. Um, I think he should just can't, he could he should have come into office, written the you know the executive order, given the fifty thousand dollars, and then we could have dealt with the repercussions. It's a, it's the same thing like with with the stimulus check where you like you know with the stimulus check we talked about this in, in previous episodes where, um, it was something ridiculous like eighty percent of the U.S. population believed that another bigger check should have gone out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When has there ever been something that eighty percent of the country has agreed on? You know what I mean? It's, it's true. It's it's rare. 
I think that this is another this is another situation similar to that where if you knocked out fifty thousand dollars of student debt, how many unhappy people are there going to be? You know who you're going to have that's, that are, are the people that are unhappy, the people that have already paid off their student debt. Those are going to be the only people unhappy, and if they're you know what I mean, they're going to also probably get that feeling like, well, at least somebody else didn't have to go through what I went through. That's so full transparency. I'm in that situation, not through my own hard work, just kind of some windfalls, family, you know, whatever. Um, I have zero dollars in student loan debt. I am so behind this. And if it was, if they were to say, "Well, we need to add a percentage point of tax onto every single person in America," and there, or, or you know, just you know, Brian, like, hey, your taxes are going to go up. Like, okay, I'm for that because I, I recognize how much this is going to stimulate the entire economy. I understand that this is going to benefit so many more people. Right? It's the same as like. Your tax dollars, you don't have kids, so why should you pay tax dollars that go towards the elementary, middle school, and high schools in your area? Because you don't want to live in a community of idiots, right? It benefits everyone. Well said. Right? We don't want to live in a community of well idiots, said. so we want to make sure the education in our area is good, so we pay taxes, and, and everyone gets educated, levels everyone up. In this instance, if it costs a little bit more, it levels everyone up. We will see the, the financial benefits long term. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else that has bothered you so far about the Biden presidency? I mean, there's I'm sure there's little little intricacies. And that's not to say like so far, I've been very, very excited about the Biden administration. So like, you know, whether it's uh, the uh, pandemic relief, you know, it's coming through. I think they had to go a certain longer route because of the Republicans uh, in the Senate. Um, I think the, the way they've handled the pandemic in terms of logistics and vaccinations, et cetera, I mm-hmm. think, you know, acquiring 200 million doses, big moves. I think these are all really good things. I loved his executive orders, you know, despite conservatives and Republicans and Tucker Carlson saying you can't rule with the pen. Um, he <laughs> made some really good moves to protect peoples in America. Um, but this is an instance. And I, I said, it, you know, I had a lot, a lot to, to, Bang on Trump for right. Yeah, I, I I went after him almost every podcast. Yes, and I said I would hold myself and, and Joe Biden or well a Democratic president and Joe Biden accountable. When I don't like something, I'm going to say it. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't come through on fifty thousand and it's only ten thousand, ten thousand is still better than nothing. But it, I still think it's a miss. I think it's yeah, a miss. You need big, to. A, a I big think one. You, I think you should be hitting fifty k. I think anyone should be excited that 10k is erased off their debt, but it's still a miss by not yeah, just ten thousand. Ten thousand dollars is not a life changer. No, you know what? It's not a complete game changer. Like you're just like, and it might be for some. Like some yeah. might only have like nine thousand eight hundred dollars in student loan debt, and it's all gone. And it's like, oh man, I don't have to pay two hundred dollars or one hundred fifty dollars a month or whatever. Right. It, it it can be a game changer for them, but there's so many more people that have higher amounts of debt and it would be so much more impactful at the 50k range i agree 100 percent. yeah um and again like we've said this one's you know a little bit more near and dear uh to my heart um you know what i mean just because my wife does have student debt and i mean it would just be it would be so incredible so incredible yeah and like we said at the beginning like you're in you're in the process of buying a house mm-hmm. right and one of the things that accesses you more buying power is reduction of your long-term debt. Right. And if all of a sudden you have fifty thousand dollars, and I, I, you know, whatever your case is, but let's say you had sixty thousand dollars of student loan debt, 
and all of a sudden 50k was just gone you're buying power for a home right you and your two sons and your wife would now have a home that you might not have been able to have three months before right and yeah. that's so crucial like you're getting you know a larger home uh, a, a home in a better area that you like or whatever the case is it's closer to the school it's closer to this it's closer to the highway it's incredible for, yeah it's incredible commute. how like like when you first look for a house when you're young yeah. you know what i mean you have no kids like you're looking for one thing you're looking for like just a, a cool house is it, like, is it close to the highway so i can get to the city like yeah or i want to no, go party yeah or, yeah yeah like it just needs to be cool the house has to be cool. Yeah. Does it have? Then does have, it have granite countertops? Yeah. Now, when like it's kids, it's like, okay, what school district am I in? Yeah. Immediately. Uh, which, which, by the way, <laughs> um, for those of you that are ever house shopping, a, a real estate agent, a, a realtor, mm-hmm. uh, a realtor, uh, is actually not allowed to tell you if it's a good school district or not. Correct. But you can go online and Google. You can it. go online and look yeah. at this. But I also will say this. I'm very staunch, and and I know this has nothing to do with what we've been talking about, but I'm absolutely adamant. The parent involvement is more crucial than any district you move into. So if you're moving into a district where you're like, oh, the scores aren't as good as this one or the ones that I went into, don't worry. If you're involved in your student's education, as a former teacher, I am telling you right now, your your child will be just fine. I can't do it. Look at me, baby. And you will be that parent. You'll be involved. And your ch- your children. No, I was just saying I went job. to I went to District 300. Yeah, you're well. It's a good district, and, and you. Oh, for sure. Your your children wherever you go, it doesn't matter if you were, you know, in one of the tougher inner city school districts. Your children would do well because you're involved. So for those of you that are in the buying process and worried about that, I'm no longer a realtor, so I can tell you, don't worry about the school district. Worry about your involvement if you're worried about the district. Like, don't worry about it. Just worry about how you are involved in your children's education. This has been an uh, uh, a uh, an episode of Brian's uh, positive information. <laughs> well, you know, I, I I I'm glad we got to end on a high note. I know this feels great. You you control this. I almost feel like I need to say something bad <laughs> just to round it out. Well, you know, I mean, hopefully, here's the bottom line: if ten thousand dollars gets erased from your student loan debt. That's cool. something to be excited about. Yeah. Probably wouldn't have happened under a different administration. However, I think with the idea that Schumer and Warren are on board and have already kind of crafted this this policy, yeah, I think that it's, that it's a, go time. Biden really should pull it's the fucking trigger. Fucking go time. So, yeah. All right. Speaking of go time, guys, thank you. Two night, two episodes, one night. Two episodes, one night. This feels good. It feels great. This feels great. You Can't know what we- else feels great? When people share the link. Yeah, and tell their oh friends about the Mad Libs community. And, it and just the Mad Libs tickles podcast. us with joy. It and makes you, us so happy. Even if you don't do that, and you want to reach out to Kevin and I, and we we haven't shouted you out. Yeah. You, have you noticed we've been shouting more and more people out? Yeah. The Marlows of the world who yeah. he 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 drives Amazon trucks, so he listens to he listens to us on his routes, and he's starting to tell yeah. his buddies. And, yeah. You know. Actually, it, we'll shout out Nico too. Nico's been listening to the podcast. Nice. Yeah, Nico. Nico's been listening to the podcast, and I want to shout out Tom and Jenny too. Yeah, because they started listening as well. And and so if you're listening and you haven't been shouted out, and I know you're like, I don't need to be shouted out on a on, on a but if you want political. to, yeah, but let us know that you're listening. We we really appreciate the criticisms, the feedback, um, the positivity that we've gotten from this community. That's why we still do it. We're, we're not making tons of money we're not doing we're doing this because of the community listeners like you so we're so thankful for you and on that note we bid you adieu 
Do good. Be great. We love you. Love you guys. Well, guys, we're here. We've made it to the end. Wait, 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 Kevin, Kevin. We got to thank our sponsors. What sponsors? Well, we, we haven't gotten any official sponsors yet, but we do have Patreons. Oh. And we should let people know that they can join our Patreon for subscribing from 5 to 10 to $20. Any amount helps. Yeah, thanks to all of our Patreon subscribers. If you guys don't want to do a monthly subscription, you can also support us by buying some of our awesome clothing at madlibspodcast.threadless.com. And that's a win, win, win. win. <laughs> also, if you guys uh, wouldn't mind, we would love for you to follow us on our Facebook page and our Instagram. Thank you. Thank you.